The Real Estate Sessions podcast is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising for real estate brilliantly simple. Promote your brands, promote your listings, learn more at adworks.com. That's A-D-W-E-R-X.com, adworks.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Our guest for episode 25 is someone I've known since the first or second RE Bar Camp in Phoenix. Uh, uh, Stacy Harmon of Harmon Enterprises comes out of Southern California, and she was part of that social media mastermind Orange County group that Really, in the early days, this is going back to like 08 or 09 with Bob Watson and Jeff Turner and a few other people that we know today, kind of started having these conversations about how social media was going to work and how to make it effective. And Stacy uh, kind of ad- adopted Facebook really early in the game and had some great strategies for that. But Stacy's no longer in Orange County. Stacy's now in Austin, Texas. And her uh, path has been one that I, it's very interesting. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How did Stacy, end up where she is today. So, Stacy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bill. I'm thrilled to be here. Good to talk to you. Yeah, nice to talk to you too. It's been a little while, so it has. Yeah. So the 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 way the podcast works is I really want to get the backstory, the origin story of all the guests, and I do a little digging. And you have an amazing LinkedIn profile, so it was easy to find some of this information. <laughs> but but first of all, I, I I didn't know that you went to James Madison University in Virginia. And I thought, I yeah, were, were you born and raised in Southern California? Fifth generation. So how does Virginia get in the mix? Let's talk about that first. <laughs> uh, I think you may be the only person that's really ever asked me this question. And, but it's true. I'm a fifth generation Californian. And when I was in college, I started college in California, actually. Okay. But I really was clear at that point in my life that I was going to work in California and be in California and I also really had an interest in having kind of the East Coast school experience and I figured if I didn't do it now and and try the East Coast that I might be in California for the rest of my life. So I sought out uh, universities in um, states that I had been to <laughs> and my family had taken a trip as, uh, as a teenager and I remembered Virginia being pretty and I found JMU and uh, transferred there and just really loved the experience before um, heading back to California and working there for the first 20 years of my career. So that's great. So that's so then you end up back in Southern California and it looks like that you entered the real estate industry pretty pretty quick right out of school. Was that always the plan? Yeah, was that always the plan for you? Yeah. No, I completely fell into it. Okay. You know, <laughs> so like had, like all of us, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was working temp jobs while I was looking for uh, full time work right out of college, uh, and I thought I was headed towards San Diego, but my dad lived in Orange County, so was, my job search was based in Orange County at the time, and uh, I fell into a uh, temporary job that didn't have employment at that location, but he liked my work and he said, I'm not hiring, but my wife is, and she was in real estate in Orange County. And so I interviewed with her, got a a full-time job uh, in the marketing department of a boutique real estate company in Newport Beach, and that led me into an 18-year career in the, the real estate space. That included, you know, kind of working on all sides of the business. I mean, I certainly, I've always worked for high-end boutique real estate firms in the Newport Beach, Orange County area uh, that 
provided high, high levels of agent support, and they were able to recruit, retain the top agents in the area because of that. So I was always on the business side of it, helping agents to better market themselves, better use technology for their business, and um, I did that for several years before I switched sides and tried the sales side of the business for a little bit. Uh, and ultimately realized I didn't enjoy that side of the business as much as the 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 operations. So went back to that uh, in 2008 when I kind of started my own thing. Right. I, I you know if you look you you have you have quite a few different gigs kind of bouncing around in the real estate world like you mentioned a couple of different brokerages tried sales and I totally get not having that sort of DNA. But it appears to me that all through that process, you had that entrepreneurial kind of gene that, and that's really what's taken over now as we, as you move further down your career. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Uh, I, I'd say it's always been a part of my world. I don't know that I really consider myself an entrepreneur. I think I, I kind of have the hard work and um, control gene. And that's kind of led me to, <laughs> to do what I do now. Okay. Um, you know, I don't see myself as the entrepreneur who's looking to get um, funding and build something that ultimately will be sold. I am a, really driven by a passion-based business where I want to help people and love my work and create a lifestyle that uh, suits me and um, the the life I seek. So if some people might consider that entrepreneurism, but I really feel view of myself as a, a small business owner who is, um, you know, pursuing her passions. Uh, that does explain a lot of my career history in terms of, you know, the roles that I've had within the real estate space and uh, kind of the, if you look granularly at the functions I've, I've done in those roles, um, you're going to see a lot of innovation and forward thinking in kind of the titles and the the projects that I did. Right. Uh, and that laid the found the foundation for kind of what I do now. You're part of that social media scene that developed pretty early in the game down in Orange County uh, that we talked about at the intro. Uh, how'd you find that group and become a part of it? Just talk about what that was like having all those people working together to kind of figure out this new thing. Well, it was really an exciting time. I mean, I look back at it with amazingly fond memories. You know, I've always gravitated towards technology and software as a tool um, and been curious about it. And early on, uh, you know, at JMU even, uh, you asked about James Madison, is my first experience with email and emailing my mom back in California. You know, I was like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> and then... Um, I came back to California and I just really thought that the internet was kind of this interesting thing and I found Twitter pretty early uh, and I was just curious about what was happening with social media, Twitter and Facebook and these kinds of things and that led me to a, uh, a one day education seminar hosted by two guys named uh, Dustin Luther and Jim Marks. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know anybody. I just found this thing. I was selling real estate. I thought, I'm going to go to this. And I went to it, and that day, that changed my life. I, everything that these two guys were saying made so much sense for me, and they put me on this program, that one of their deliverables about uh, technology and, and social marketing, and the event was that 
you know, they gave you tasks for 30 days to do, and it was like sign up for a Facebook account, sign up for Twitter. And this was er this was early. This was like, God, I don't know if this was maybe 2000, end of 2007 uh, or so. Right. And I said, and I did it because I was interested in it. And I was the very first of my friends that was on Facebook, on Twitter, on all of these locations. And I, uh, you know, I just started soaking up as much information as I could. And I, I look back at that, and I met. I met people that day that you know I'm still highly connected to now and are really making dents in what's happening in real estate and technology. So it was really just kind of serendipity and, and curiosity intersecting. Um, that led to me, I've been an Inman, uh, an Inman attendee for years and years and years. You know, starting in real estate, I, I used to do this when I was, you know, when it first started, I think I went to the, the second or third Inman and have been going every year since. Um, and I saw on Twitter that there was going to be this pre-event at the Inman that I was already scheduled to go to in San Francisco. And it happened to be bar camp, the very first bar camp. Yeah. And I changed my flight and uh, certainly and went up a day early just so I could attend this event. Not I didn't know anybody there except Dustin, who I had been to his seminar and it was the first time I saw him after that seminar so I remember talking to Dustin there knowing he was and he was the only person that I knew <laughs> but that event and being there really set the stage for lots of great things to come and it, I know I'm talking a lot here but it really led to um, my involvement in the bar camp community uh, I I approached Jim, who became a friend of mine, uh, about bringing Bar Camp to Orange County. I called him one day and said, "Hey, I've got this crazy idea. I think we need to do Bar Camp in Orange County," and brought brought it to Orange County, which, as you know, it 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 quickly grew to lots of communities. Real Estate Bar Camp. That's yep. uh, how we met. <laughs> you right. and I met. Right. And um, you know that was a really exciting time and a lot of fun. And I probably went to 15 bar camps, real estate bar camps over the course of a couple of years and met some great people from it and it certainly influenced kind of what I do. Yeah, I, I think a lot of relationships were formed in that 07 to 2010 period that were unbelievable. I, there are so many people, like you said, that I still connect with and uh, always enjoy seeing in person whenever it is every couple of years. So I think that's, you're right, it was a very exciting time. Yeah, so let's talk about Harmon Enterprises. You you ha you played with a couple different things. Like you had a one site called Agent Applause, which I gotta be honest, I thought was awesome. That was cool because you were uh, you were finding things that people were doing right and then promoting them and talking about them, and that was very cool. But then you created Harmon Enterprises. This is where you're gonna. Um, this is your small company that you, your small business, as you called it, and and talk about the creation of that and and how that worked for you. You know, I saw. The power and the opportunity and social media and the digital technologies that were happening, you know, through through real estate bar camp and et cetera. And I saw the struggles that agents were really having with these kinds of things. I was also selling at the time that the market was crashing. So again, this is all about 2008, and I was selling real estate. And I was new to real estate sales. I had always worked on the business side of it. And so I didn't have a deep network of connections in Newport Beach to sell houses to. I needed to figure out business development in a way that that would work for me as a new agent. And it would, coincided very nicely with the rise of social media. And I saw the power of blogging and Facebook and Twitter to develop connections and really bring in business. 
And as soon as I saw that happen, I said, <clears throat> um, and well, and Agent Applause was a great example of you know a blogging exercise for me, where I focused on showing, trying to show the community, the real estate community, you know what people were doing in digital marketing that was working, and why was it working. I mean, I can remember one of the things I did was um, highlight uh, Dale Chumley and uh, his. 365 things to do in Vancouver, Washington. Right. Before anybody had a 365 things to do page, and he had 4,000 fans, which everybody was just like, "What? Where did this come from?" Right. 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 <laughs> so, um, you know, we were talking about those kinds of things, and at one point, it clicked to, to me that, okay, I'm not enjoying the sales side of real estate. There's a huge need for education on how the new way of you know this attraction marketing kind of works for real estate agents and I understand this and it's interesting to me so I'm gonna quit sales and show agents how to you know have a social strategy how to become fluent in the technologies and how to put those things uh, working towards um, you know business for them and a career for me so that was the start of Harmon Enterprises and it's it's evolved over the years. Is that a safe uh, thing to say? Absolutely. So we started with general social media strategy, and then I moved into an expertise in Facebook marketing, which is a really deep tool. And a little spoiler alert: I was using Evernote to run my business, <laughs> and that's kind of uh, led to what I'm doing now. Right. There's no way you and I are not going to talk in a podcast in, where uh, <laughs> Evernote does not become uh, a major focus of what we're going to discuss. Let's go there now then. I'm trying to remember the first time I saw Evernote. It was, I think it was, to be quite honest, Dean Willette, who's a local agent here, and I know you know Dean, was yeah. always trying out these different to-do lists and different things. And somehow, somewhere, I saw an article about Evernote. It'd been around for a few years already and started playing with it and went to Dean and said, this is pretty cool. Uh, I'm not really sure how we're going to use it, but you need to look at this. And then he went over the deep end, which is awesome. That's how Dean does things. <laughs> but I so, love Dean and his Evernote passion. <laughs> right. He's very passionate. But tell me, for you, you were using Evernote, but uh, how, did the, how did you develop you know, what became really an expertise in the tool? Well, I was using it to run my business, and I have a pretty typical Evernote story, though. Um, there were people, mostly at you know agent reboots and Inman conferences and and real estate bar camps who would rave about Evernote, and I felt like I was missing the boat. I mean, there's probably some people listening here who can identify with that. Me. You know, people, <laughs> yeah, they're like, what am I missing about Evernote? You know, why do people love it so much? Uh, it's kind of a neat note-taking tool, but what? Why, why am I not hooked on it? And that kind of fascinated me because people that I really respected uh, were fanatical about it. And... I'm an organized person and I kind of needed a tool and I started to play with Evernote a little bit and actually it was Dean who helped me with one of, he's part of my light bulb moment with Evernote. I read his book, Evernote for Real Estate, and, and he talked about note links in that book. And the second I learned about note links, my understanding of what could be accomplished with Evernote changed. And, and a simple explanation of note links is you can arbitrarily create a hyperlink between any two notes in your Evernote account. And once I realized I could do that, I realized I could build structure in Evernote that suited whatever I wanted. So that was one big 
piece of the puzzle for me. And that let me start scanning and digitizing everything that was in my world because I understood enough about Evernote to know that I could access anything that I put in Evernote from anywhere on any device and work from anywhere. And that was very appealing to me. Right. The second part of it was I just start I, I really enjoyed that about Evernote and that was very functional. Second part was I read a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh my gosh, these are the principles that I was exhibiting when I was a sane employee and productively functioning. Now that I'm a self-employed entrepreneur, I'm feeling overwhelmed and a little bit chaotic, but I get what he's saying here, and if I apply this philosophy in this tool, which called Evernote, which by the way I now know enough about that I can do this, I might have something here. And that fueled my understanding of how deep a tool Evernote was and what could be accomplished, and my productivity really changed from that day forward. And I, again, much like when I first found Facebook, when I first found Evernote, I realized how many people were really underutilizing it, and there were very few people I could talk to about all the wonderful things I was doing with Evernote. So I hopped on an airplane and went up to their conference in San Francisco, their user conference in San Francisco, <laughs> and that day changed my life as well. Started a bunch of networking in, in a direction that led to being an Evernote ambassador, then an Evernote business certified consultant, and slowly my interest in and experience with Evernote led to a shift in Harmon Enterprises uh, that I'm still pursuing today. And you, you're now located in Austin, Texas. You relocated. And mm-hmm. is Austin as cool as everybody says it is? Absolutely. And yeah. it gets cooler every single day. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I love California, and I, I may be back someday, but this has been awesome. I've been here two and a half years, and it's a great, great city. I'm really enjoying it. And I love it for the entrepreneurial culture that's here. You know, right. there's a, it's really a lot filled with a lot of people like me. Well, one of those people, I'm not sure if you met Christy Willis in Austin or how that came about. The two of you wrote a book. You have a book out Untethered with Evernote, uh, which I absolutely love. Really well done. Talk a little bit about that process, how you met her and how that book came about. And um, is book two on the way somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> so um, Christy and I were met officially because we were both Evernote ambassadors. So okay. Christy has always been Evernote forward. She's uh, She's more ingrained in the um, food industry, so she's kind of a food blogger and um, and wine guru, and so she's ex- you know she has a similar technology story in terms of early adoption, just in a different industry. But we really connected over our love of Evernote, and she is based in Austin, Texas. So when I moved here, I reached out to all of the other Evernote savvy people that were here, and Christy and I um, really just got along and I approached her about writing a book. I said, look, I think there's an opportunity here and I'd love to write one. And and if you're going to write a book, it's a great idea to team up with a writer. And we had a similar vision about what we wanted to create. We wanted to tell people how we knew Evernote as self-employed individuals was transformative in how we operated. And we wanted to express that through workflow discussions Uh, which is what we do in the book. So we present 15 workflows Mm -hmm. that show how we structure Evernote to really uh, transform uh, our business and allow us to work from anywhere, in in essence, be untethered as a result of Evernote, untethered from our desk, untethered from, you know, and really able to work wherever we are. Our intent was to really make the book evergreen, 
So the workflows, you know, those are systems. Uh, certainly Evernote's technology evolves, and so some the screenshots may may to need to be updated over time. And Christy and I are working on that. To your earlier other question, <laughs> uh, right. but the content and the workflows really haven't evolved much. It's just that the screenshots may have you know improved over time. And that was the intent of the book. So that's what we did, and uh, it's been a great success. So we're really thrilled with the effort. Now, you're an active member of the uh, Evernote for Real Estate Facebook group that Linda Davis started a few years ago, actually. And you're in there answering questions and seeing what people are talking about. Give me your take on the adoption of Evernote you know, by the real estate industry. Well, it's... You know, it's amazing to me that there's, what, 5,000 members in that group now? Right. It's crazy. So she started that group thinking that it would be just a few small, you know, a few small devotees. And suddenly we, she, it's blossomed into this community of people who understand that there's something here with this software. Um, and, you know, it, it's really the same there that it is in all industries I come across. There's a lot of ways to use Evernote. Evernote's very flexible, right? Some people dive in and figure out how to organize it without much assistance. Other people need help understanding the power of it, and their learning curve is all over the place. Um, I'd say that most people underutilize Evernote. Um, I have a, a philosophy or a theory that there's really three buckets of Evernote workflows, um, and most people are in bucket one, and it's how they get introduced to Evernote. That's through uh, a reference function. So they use it to take notes or to store scanned information. And Evernote's a brilliant tool for that, uh, and logically how most people get involved in it. But if they're only using it for that one bucket, they're really uh, missing a lot of the power of the, the platform. And the other two areas are process management and project management. So when you have one tool that can allow you to manage all three of those kinds of buckets of workflows, you really have something powerful, and that's what I, I try to help people with in the group and through my blog and the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you, I've heard you talk about that before, probably on one of the uh, hangouts or something where it doesn't, it's not the best at, at one bucket or the other, but there's no other tool that can handle all three the way that it does. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So if you look at them as a silo, there's going to be competition. There's going to be other tools that are note taking devices. Right. right? And mm -hmm. if that's all you're using it for, you're likely to say, well, I don't know why I would use Evernote if I could use this, you know, or I'm a fan of Evernote because it offers me this, right? So, but there's going to be more competition. And same if you look at it just as a project management software or just as a process management software. But when you use it for all three, there's nothing else that I could go to that offers what Evernote offers. The fact that Evernote is so flexible is probably the reason most people struggle to adopt using it. So I have a job. <laughs> right. It happens every time. I think so many people, whether it's a realtor or someone else in another industry, they just want to find a tool that says, okay, do this, do this, do this, and then you get that. And that is that's not, right. that's not Evernote by any, not even close. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to put, kind of put you on the spot a little bit. Give me, just give me a, a one workflow for a realtor who's just getting started that like, do this first, do this really well, and this will get you started down the path. Okay. Well, I'm going to cheat and give you two things. Number okay. one is easy. At the top of my website, <laughs> there's a call to action for a free download 
on any page. And I apologize for the self-promotion, but oh, it's really where I think anybody should start. Mm -hmm. um, you have to start with getting your account settings properly configured and set up. And I walk you through that in that top uh, call to action, and it's free. So, And then you'll get signed up for my blog articles, which I chalk extensively about workflow design. Number two is, if you're really just beginning with Evernote, I think you really start to see the power of it when you, uh, when you commit to centralizing your information in it. And the easiest way to start with that is to acknowledge that paper is part of our world, but commit to getting it scanned and digitized in Evernote. And Evernote provides so many ways to do that that are simple and effective and can transform um, the chaos you have with paper around you. So I would start by centralizing your paper in Evernote. You know, a commit to re. I, I have a video that you've probably seen about my. Did you see my video card or my business card demo? I did. Awesome. That's on my YouTube channel for Harmon Enterprises, and it's an eight-minute demonstration about how you can choose to not collect one single business card in 2016 simply by using Evernote. And I think that's a great goal for agents who are in the business of sales. <laughs> you know, they are dealing with people, they're networking, they're prospecting, they're gaining business cards at open houses and on tour and all of these kinds of things. And you need to have a centralized place where you can access those. And Evernote provides an amazing experience for that that gives you not only the information that's captured on the card but a bunch of additional metadata, a techie term, that will benefit you um, as a result of having put it into Evernote. So that's where I'd start. I'm not going to call it self-promotion. I'm going to say it's mandatory if you're listening to the podcast and you want some help with Evernote, go to HarmonEnterprises.com. Stacy's got amazing content there. Uh, her YouTube channel has amazing content as well. So yeah, by the by all means, go there and learn. We, I've had you almost half an hour, so I appreciate the time. But uh, uh, you're still incredibly active on social media. And I always want to find out some things people are doing wrong. So I'm sure you have opinions <laughs> of some of, the, some of the mistakes you see realtors making, you know, just say on a regular basis online. Well, I wish I had a, a sexy answer for you, but the reality is they need to stop posting their listings. Yeah, it's a common answer, but if, if everyone keeps saying it, it must be true, right? <laughs> I've got to tell you, I'm actively – here's – let me tell you this. I, have, I don't know if I've said this anywhere else. Uh, because of my history, where I have spoken all across the country about social media and Facebook marketing for, since 2008, I have a lot of real estate friends in, on Facebook that I met through the years. And I have – actively started defriending agents that I have a very high, you know, high level, you know, we just connected at one conference. Anytime they post a listing, it's right. done. They've lost me as their audience. They're not building a relationship with me. They're not doing anything of that nature. I'm, and it feels great to defriend and clean out that digital clutter. You sound and excited. <laughs> <laughs> Don't post your listings on your personal social channels. All right, I will connect to your business channel if I want that information and I will go to the MLS if I want a listing for my realtor. I am not going to, you're not selling me a house through that listing on, on Facebook. All right. 
So and there's one final question I've asked every guest. And by the way, this is um, episode 25. So we're moving down the path. And so far, you'll, I really haven't had anyone duplicate an answer. No pressure. But there, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> there's always been a slightly different twist. So uh, it, this is it. If you could give one piece of advice to a real estate agent, what would it be? They have to recognize that they're a small business owner and they need to treat their business as such. Did I duplicate an answer? You did not. Continue. Talk Excellent. about that. Talk okay. about that a little bit. Yeah. You have to know and think about what your process is. You have to treat your business like a business. And I see agents struggle all the time with knowing what their business systems are. And you have to pick a tool that's going to support your business systems. Now, I, I am a big fan of Evernote, and I think it's an awesome, low-cost tool that can be that backbone for agents that are willing to learn it. But it doesn't have to be the only solution. At the minimum, you have to map out what your process is and then be consistent in deploying that. And, you know, someone and hire somebody to help you with that if you don't, if you struggle with it. You know, a lot of people hire brokers and choose their brokerage based on the systems that they think the broker is going to provide them. But there's no reason that agents can't take that into their own hands, develop their own systems, and pick software applications that support the process. And that's one of the reasons, in fact, the reason that I gravitate towards Evernote, because it can support all of that. And agents just need to learn how to do it and take that seriously, because that's going to be their success long term. Stacy, we talked about your website. If, if someone wants to reach out and get in touch with you, is there another way? HartmanEnterprises.com is a great way. There's a form on the contact page. I also love Twitter, which it's at Stacey Harmon, S-T-A-C-E-Y-H-A-R-M-O-N. Great way to reach me and uh, happy to respond there. Thank you so much for spending some time on the Real Estate Sessions. I hope you enjoyed it. I probably will have you back on. There, there are some places I want to go. I could see doing a really deep, in-depth Evernote session with you. And so uh, hopefully you're up for that. I love that. I, I'm happy to talk Evernote anytime. It's, I get a little excited about it. Well, thanks again. And uh, I appreciate <laughs> you being here. Right. Thanks, Bill. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Risser of Chicago Title, Arizona. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about The Real Estate Sessions as new episodes are published weekly.